listen, I'm going to need you to stop inviting me to fantasy football. Look, I know the season's right around the corner, but it's getting a little out of fucking control. I'm like that fucking bird when you see a fucking crumb drop and you lose attention. Like, I, I say yes every single fucking time. Leave me alone. Yer, what's good? It's your boy, Hemi, Howie, DJ Porkchop, whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late because I'm going to be hitting you with the hard facts. Listen, I try to stay in tune with the fandom and I just realized that people from other countries are listening to me and I'm not making that up. I literally have a list. I want to shout out Germany. I want to shout out Ireland. I want to shout out the United Kingdom. I want to shout out Brazil. I want to shout out Japan. I want to shout out Korea and every single country that spends the time to listen to my dumbass talk about something that I'm passionate about. And what I'm passionate about today is football is here. The week one schedule is around the motherfucking corner. You could not be more excited. With the first game that's kicking off is going to be, of course, the Super Bowl winning champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, playing the Detroit Lions. Let's get into it. So it begs to ask this question, are the Detroit Lions the darlings of the NFL? Because why is this team playing against Kansas City in the NFL season opener? Is this a Super Bowl preview? Can Jared Goff and the rest of them take it all the way there? Now, they have some depth here because they got Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback, and that is a very serviceable backup quarterback. Dan Campbell and gang, can they get it done? Now, me for one, I think the media is pushing a narrative here. They want them to be good, but uh, numbers don't lie. <laughs> they ain't getting it done, so you can drink all the beers you want. I like the team on paper. Their defense, they're turning it around. They just picked up that tight end, Laporta. That's supposed to be the new Kelsey. They got big physical receivers. They got Jamison Williams, Bryce Young's old target from Alabama. And they have Jameer Gibbs, who's supposed to be the second coming of Barry Sanders. And if there's one thing that the Detroit Lions love to do, it's get a generational talent and let it go to waste. Here's my thinking, though. The Kansas City Chiefs, listen, these motherfuckers ain't going nowhere. Andy Reid's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. I'm going to keep saying it until you guys understand. Now, there's people in other countries. Uh, I, I don't think that I have the facilities to learn every language to say this in. But if you're following football and you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that Mahomes is already going to be a Hall of Famer. I want you to know that they're going to have a statue for this man, that he's already done more for the city than teams could even imagine their favorite team that you root for. Uh, I hate to sing this man's praises and suck him off, but I mean, the man's good and you got to give credit where credit is due. He's the face of the NFL. It just, it is what it is. Plug and play system with Andy Reid on his belt under him. I cannot see this man loose. He's going to reconstruct his contract where they can bring in the talent that he needs to succeed. With Justin Ross here and Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco with Travis Kelsey, it doesn't matter who you put there. It's simply plug and play. Get somebody fast with hands and that's all you have to worry about. And honestly, I don't see the Chiefs losing the first game. 
That's not a trap game. It's just they're going to start off 1-0. So if I had to, I'm going to go ahead and say Kansas City wins this one. And it's not going to be close, but everyone's going to be so excited for football being back in general. It doesn't matter what the score is going to be for that game unless you're a fan. Let's get into this first week matchup. Bengals from Cincinnati and the Cleveland Browns. The Battle of Ohio and one of a very good division rivalries that no one talks about. Now, this one's up to grab and it's going to be very difficult. I know a lot of people were concerned because they didn't know if Joe Burrow would be back. But I'm pretty sure that even if he took the five weeks off and he did not play because of a minor injury that he had to his ankle, as soon as preseason started or the training cramp. But it doesn't matter. You know why? Because this is a team that could lose four straight, have him come in, and they still would be counted as favorites. That's how good they are. They've already been to a Super Bowl before. They've been to an AFC Championship before. They have an Offensive Player of the Year. They have a Rookie of the Year. This team is ready to do it now. There's no weak point in their game, possibly the secondary. But as far as I see it, the Bengals are also Super Bowl favorites for me. But that does not mean that they're going to win their first game. Now, with Deshaun Watson being back and he's in this full year, he finally got acquainted. You know, he had the suspension because he liked getting rubbing tugs. Hey, it is what it is. And if you don't know what a rubbing tug is, that is when someone goes to a massage parlor and they ask for a happy ending. And I'm sure we can translate that in every country. Speaking of countries, I know that we have games that are going to be in Mexico. We have games that are going to be in Germany. And we have games that are in London, which makes me think that there's going to be an intercontinental league. What country would you guys like to see be represented? And do you think the NFL will be able to implement a schedule where teams could go to other countries to play, and then come back to America for the next week. Because it just seems a little tedious, but they're testing the schedule. And I've noticed that there's been three, four, they keep adding on games in UK, and you fans over there love it. So uh, from an American bro to a bruv, I want you to go that we like getting up early and seeing a football game on as well. But let's get back to this Bengals and Browns game. I honestly think that Deshaun Watson will have a great game, and we're sleeping on Jarvis Landry being over there. That team on paper, I mean, they did have Kareem Hunt, and they had a one-two punch with Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt is going. They still are a powerhouse of a team, and I'm going to tell you right now, that may be a dark horse in the playoffs as well. I don't think they're going to win at all, but they definitely have competition amongst the two of them. I think the Bengals edge it out only if Joe Burrow plays the vision game is going to be fun to watch, guys. Let's talk about it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go over there into Minnesota and play these Vikings with the new mustachioed Kirk Cousins. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in my division because I am a Carolina Panthers fan, and that is the NFC South. This team had Tom Brady, and they recently won a Super Bowl. With that being said, with that man leaving, they do not have the facilities to be a good team. There's this officer center, Ryan Jensen, who's going to be out all the way on IR. They have a new offensive coordinator, and they have Todd Bowles as the new head coach because Bruce Arian stepped away. Now, if you don't know who Todd Bowles is, he was a defensive coordinator with the New York Jets, and he's also been a defensive coordinator with Tampa Bay. Here's the issue. I'm not sure if they're tanking to try to get the rookie Caleb Williams out of USC. However, they have Baker Mayfield. 
And that man on paper is not good. And it's even worse to pair them up with a defensive-minded coach because sometimes you stay in your fucking lane. And this is how I see it. If you are a defensive-minded coach and your skill set is being on defense, then you stay on the defense. Some people aren't cut out to handle more than three things at once. So if you're on special teams, stick with special teams. If you're on defense, stick with defense. And if you're on offense, stick with offense. And defense is something that he really knows. So he's not going to be able to draw up a play because he's not going to be able to focus all his attention on what his strong point is. That is what I mean by stay in your lane. But if we go over to Kirk Cousins and gang, I know that they're trying very hard to get it done. We have Justin Jefferson. He might go down as the greatest wide receiver of all time, passing Randy Moss's record as his last season. And they're going to give him the fat contract. And I would say he deserves it because I'm pretty sure he broke all the franchise records over there in Minnesota last year. So you got to give the man what he wants. It's a new era. It's a new generation. I'm here for it. My only thing is Kirk's window was closing, so this is the time that he has to get it done. The Vikings win this one convincingly, and Jefferson doesn't have anybody that's going to cover him in Tampa Bay that can get the dub and stop this man. And they've just added on Jordan Addison, another speedster, that's going to be a nightmare matchup for cornerbacks around the fucking league, including us. Vikings win that one convincingly, easily. Next up, we have a very defensive-minded game with San Francisco and the Steelers. Now, I honestly think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to shock the world, and they're going to have a deep playoff run. Do they go all the way? No. There's too much competition out there. However, I don't put anything past anyone. That picket-to-pickens combination is going to do some wonders with Najee Harris, but that's not what the thing is. The thing is the defense. Joey Porter's son is now in the NFL and playing for the Steelers just like his dad. And that is something that you love to see. On the other side of the ball, we have the 49ers, which it seems like they have everything together except for a quarterback. And then that whole conundrum that we have going on with the Trey Lance issue and Sam Darnold beating him out for his job. Listen, I'm a Panthers fan. Sam Darnold, the guy who got mono from making out with a girl in his rookie year, and they posted that as a graphic, as if we were supposed to care about that stat, and said that he saw ghosts in the backfield, so they play Scooby-Doo songs whenever he plays, just to taunt him, is not good. He's tricked everyone. One of the greatest tricks of all time. He convinces you guys that he throws a good ball and he can win games, and then the next thing you know, He's throwing it to the back of a clipboard onto a coach on the sidelines. Brock Purdy. That's a good story. Mr. Irrelevant. They want the second coming of Brady so bad that they'll pull a story from anywhere. Tears his, uh, what, would he get the Tommy John elbow against the Eagles last year in the NFC Championship game? They want him to be the comeback player. But he's just serviceable. You know why? Because... Shanahan's system is plug and play. He literally, all you need is a quarterback to dump off the ball and throw screens and you're good. So who do they have for over there? George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, heavy hitters. They're all stars over there and they can spread the ball around. So it makes it look good with a lot of complex schemes. However, the Steelers are no slouch. That head coach can get it done. 
Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record his entire career. Do you honestly think that he doesn't have a plan implemented to go against this team? Because he's going to be ready and he's going to be prepared. And I honestly think the Steelers grab this one maybe by a field goal at the end of the game. Yeah, baby, it's time for my bias to come through because you know what we got? The Carolina Panthers against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, you already know what I'm going to say. I'm sorry. It's just how I feel. This is one of these teams that get me really excited. You know why? Because it's a new era. We got rid of a clown and we have a competent team on paper. Every coach that we have that's on the field right now has brought the gold home. And isn't that why we love this sport? Isn't this why we root for our teams? Because we want to see them bring the gold home. We have a new rookie quarterback. We have new schemes in place. We have a new system. I am so excited for this team and what they're going to accomplish. It's not funny. I have high hopes. I know I'm going to look back, listen to this, and say I'm a fucking idiot and I'm going back to drinking bleach. But no, the Panthers are going to get it done. And by the way, I see that there's a huge, huge following in Germany with a lot of Carolina Panthers fans. And I want you to know, from America, from New Jersey and the United States on the East Coast, this Panthers fan loves these Germany fans, all right? Now, the problem with the Falcons here is their quarterback is not good. That's the only issue that I'm having. That's the only reason why I see us winning this game. Because you could be as good as you want to be on paper, but when you don't have anybody throwing the ball, when you have Kyle Pitts that people consider the greatest tight end to ever come out of Florida, when you have Bijan Robinson that's supposed to be the second coming of Emmett Smith and he's a bruiser coming out of Texas, it doesn't matter when you have to throw the ball. Were you going to have this man run into the ground the entire game? And Arthur Smith, I don't know if you guys know who that is. That's the head coach of the Falcons. Look him up. Literally, look him up. If you're at home, if you're on your computer, if you're on your phone right now, I want you to take two seconds and look up Arthur Smith, head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, and you're going to be like, this motherfucker isn't real. That motherfucker is not real. It looks like a creative coach on Madden, and it's the most disturbing thing that I've ever seen come out of that facility. Also, they have a Chick-fil-A in their stadium. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. So just for that, the Panthers take the dub. Here's an awkward situation. Because the 430 game, we have the Miami Dolphins and the LA Chargers. The only issue with that is, I don't know what we're going to get. Now, I know the Chargers are pretty stinging pretty bad last year from that playoff game where they let up over 30 points and let Jacksonville come back in a convincing manner and win the entire thing. But I think that has to do with good coaching. I know. I know. The Chargers were in the hospital. There were a bunch of injured players. They didn't know if they can get it. Guess what? The Miami Dolphins have Tua. And that man almost died last year. And I'm not exaggerating. He had a concussion so bad that I had to look up the medical term for what happened on the field after that play. Fencing, when he couldn't hold his hand straight. But apparently he's been taking jujitsu and he's been learning how to roll and tuck his body and not let his head slam on the ground when he gets tackled. So he has it all together. Now, you guys are going to laugh at me and my boy Ween told me to say this. He said, Miami on paper has receivers fast enough to be able to beat everyone that they play by a good 30 points, and they'll keep every game close and almost lose them. And that's the most truest shit I've ever heard. Now, on the other side, we have Justin Herbert, which we're calling a social media quarterback because he has the facilities to get shit done, but he fucking doesn't do it. Now, 
Austin Eckler, I know they're running back. There was an issue. He didn't want to sign a contract. He wants to get paid more. He held the president of a meeting with all the other running backs because they feel like they're expendable. And I'm going to be honest with you, they kind of are. And once the NFL teams find out that you can get a running back from anywhere at all times, it really doesn't matter. I mean, by all means, I would love to see them get paid. But at the same time, it's always the next man up. And I've been preaching that since I've started this podcast. Now, the weapons that they have over there in wide receiver room is out of control. Literally, they might have one of the best wide receiver cores that I've ever seen in my life. They always have a good receiver, though. I don't think I've ever noticed the Chargers not to have someone who really stands out. And I enjoy that. Now, let's fix this kicker issue. That's one of those games where it's up for grabs and you can flip a coin and anyone's going to win this. Especially with Tyreek Hill and Waddle being on the other side. Their run game is pretty solid. Their defense is fast. They got Jalen Ramsey over there now to pair up with Xavier Howard. And those motherfuckers are quick. However, how much speed do you need on a team? Fuck all that speed shit. You need a W. So just for that, I think the Chargers are going to win this game with a slight advantage with Justin Herbert. All right, let's get into it. We got the L.A. Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Now, Seattle, this is the team that I'm low-key rooting for just for the simple fact that Geno Smith is a quarterback and I root for the black quarterbacks. Call it what you want. I'm a black man. I always got to shout out the black quarterbacks. So, L.A. Rams, I don't know what's going on over there. It's a rebuild, but then they got Stetson Bennett, which is like Van Wyler because he's been in college for like 50 years, and he seemed to be decent. That coach is on the hot seat. They already won a Super Bowl. They gave up all their first-round picks. A bunch of players left from that team. So I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. I don't know if they're trying to tank and get a really good player in the draft next year, which, honestly, I think tanking should be illegal. To, to be honest with you, if you suck, you suck. You can't just fucking purposely lose games so you can get a better player and then suck even longer. Like, be a man. <laughs> be a woman. Be be whoever you want to be. But I just feel like Aaron Donald was on the verge of retiring. Sean McVay literally hires someone to fucking hold him back so he doesn't run onto the... Sir, sir, have some fucking self-control. Now, Seattle's always tough to play in. They literally call those motherfuckers the 12th man because that's how loud it gets to feel like there's another man on the field. I feel like that's a cop out <laughs> to try to get the fans involved. But I- I'll leave Seattle alone because there's some cool Seattle fans I know. I, I fuck with them heavy. So I-, I really like Jackson Smith and Jigba too. And they got the new running back over there that should be working wonders since they got uh, injury ass Penny the fuck up out of there. So. I think the Seahawks win this one, and I think they win it easily. Just don't wear those fucking highlighter-ass jerseys, man. Another 1 o'clock game we have is the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Houston Texans. That lets me know that there's going to be a very physical game because D'Amico Ryans went over there from San Francisco trying to get the job done with his rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, from Ohio State. I don't know what he can do. I'm not sure what he can accomplish. They're giving comparisons to him being like Jared Goff and Dak Prescott. However, with the right people, and I'm going to go back to what I said about Tampa Bay and having a defensive coach as a head coach trying to coach an offense. Now, he's big on defense. He, You could say the 49ers defense 
for the past few years have been amazing. He's been in charge of that. But that doesn't let me know that he can run a team by himself. Baltimore, they got a speedy receiver, say Flowers. They got Odell Beckham. Their boy Mark Andrews is there. Lamar Jackson signed the contract. J.K. Dobbins is back healthy. You cannot teach speed. And that's something that these guys have to their advantage because you can run the ball, you can throw the ball. You got a pretty ball, man. You got a pretty ball. I think the Ravens win this one just because it's going to be in Baltimore. It's going to be in a very emotional game. The fans have been begging for Lamar Jackson to get paid, and he finally got what he asked for, plus some weapons. But this is the prove-it year. You cannot have an excuse for him not winning a playoff game when he has receivers. Now everyone says, well, who is he supposed to throw it to? There's nobody on his team. All right. Well, if you got a big tight end like Mark Andrews and then you have two wide receivers on both sides, don't take off fucking running in a fucking play option pass. All right. <laughs> fucking, uh, let's see that ball float out there, man. Uh, also, I'm excited to see Nico Collins play with the Houston Texans. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but you should get familiar with the name because the motherfucker is fast. Another division game that we have for the one o'clock games. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go to Indy Land where they're going to play the new faced Sean Shane Steichen with Anthony Richardson from Florida, who should be a new alien hybrid quarterback who can throw, who can run, who shouldn't be as fast as he can for his size. Go against Dougie P with Sunshine in Jacksonville. Now, that game should be a fun game to watch. It really doesn't matter who wins unless you're a fan or you're, like, super invested in it. I honestly think Jacksonville will squeak this one out just because the owner of the Colts is on drugs. And when I say he's on drugs, I mean, like, go through this man's tweets on social media. Jim Ursay, they call him Perksay because he's always high or drunk and no one understands what he's trying to do at all times. The Jonathan Taylor situation. Again, let's get into the running backs. This man wanted to get paid. They tried to do him dirty. They were going to blackball him. Then they were trying to offer him to be traded from other teams, but they wanted the best player. They tried to get Jalen Waddle. They want a first-round pick. So let me get this straight. A player is not good enough to get the first-round pick. However, I'm sorry, a player is not good enough to be paid, but he's good enough to be traded for a first-rounder. And a first-round pick, a very first pick, is like liquid gold to these guys. It's a cash mine. So... That lets me know you know how valuable this player is, right? So he's going to sit out and then be on the PUP list. Damn, that's a sticky situation for Anthony Richardson. And I root for the brother because I want to see him succeed in the NFL. But he's going to be a fucking punching bag, man, because there's only so much he can do. They lost Quentin Nelson for a few games. I don't know. He might be out for the season because he got an injury and he's the best lineman that's been in the NFL. What? In the past like 10 years, he's going to be running for his life and your guys are going to say he sucks when he doesn't. He just needs help and I root for bro. So with that being said, I honestly think Jacksonville just squeaks this one out. Another thing about that Colts game is the Colts only have three receivers and they just Got rid of another one, so I'm not understanding what direction they're going in. But let's move forward, and let's get into the Titans and the Saints now. Titans will be going to New Orleans, and New Orleans has a new offense, okay? Michael Thomas is back, and they have a super-fast Ohio State receiver, Chris Olave, with Derek Carr leaving the Raiders. So he could suit up and play in the city of New Orleans. 
Now, I hate that team with a passion, so I really don't want to put too much into it. I honestly don't think that team is good. However, I do think they could beat Tennessee because there's a controversy going over there. Don't get me wrong. I think Mike Rabel is a great coach, but we have Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill, and a man who puts mayonnaise in his coffee and got a lifetime membership from Hellman's. <sighs> Ryan Tannehill is reaching the end of his prime. Malik Willis can't be who he wants to be as a quarterback because he's being held back and they don't have a line for this man. I could not name you. Oh, of course, DeAndre Hopkins went over there. So that might get them a bit of advantage because he might have a crazy catch. But the man said that he wanted to play for a contender. I'm going to let you know right now. The Titans aren't doing anything. So you lied to everybody, bro. You literally just went over there because you wanted to get paid more. And I'm not mad. Get that fucking bag, my boy. Like, get that motherfucking bag. However, don't act like you thought you were going to win a Super Bowl with this team. Uh, the New Orleans ain't squeak by with this one. Here is my sleeper team. Arizona Cardinals are playing the Washington Commanders, and I honestly think the Commanders are going to be the team to look out for. Now, the Cardinals, that team is clearly tanking. They got Joshua Dubs as their starting quarterback. And Kyler Murray with the ACL injury from last year isn't going to be playing for the first four weeks. He has to heal up. More than likely, they're going to ship this man out and they're going to try to get the first round pick. However, I'm reading that Steve Wilkes just came out that they had a burner phone and they were leaking information and having private conversations, which is tampering in the NFL. And they're going to be punished for that, which makes me think that they're going to lose their pick because there's going to be a three-way tie with Tampa Bay the Arizona Cardinals, and I can't think of the other team, maybe the LA Rams, that are all going to try to tank to get the best pick. So it's going to be a fucking a shit show over there. However, let's talk about Washington. Sam Howe is going to get shit done. And I honestly think Jahan Dotson is going to be the guy. Not Scary Terry, but Jahan Dotson is going to be their mover and shaker. Now, here's my question. What did they plan on doing with Antonio Gibson? They have Brian Robinson there, and he's their guy, and that's a nice one-two punch, and he's not getting the touches he needs to. Now, Ron Rivera, ex-Carolina Panthers coach, came out and said he had no idea that Sam Howell, shout out UNC, was as good as he was, and he would have started him earlier. Now, they have the same offensive coach that Patrick Mahomes has had almost his entire career is now over there to work with that team. He is going to whip these boys into shape. And when I say that, I mean they're going to be an actual, like, when you go to play this team, you're not going to think it's going to be an easy W. That team's going to be tough to beat. I'm, t- I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Washington is going to be the surprise team where everyone's like, how did this happen? Well, movers and shakers. Rivera, you're on your way out the door. And this is Eric B's team. And he's going to show you guys how a team is supposed to be operated, and he's going to give out secrets and keys to success. And I truly see this team taking the next fucking step. And they're definitely, I can see them winning the playoff game. Not against us, though, because, yeah, Carolina will be in the playoffs. And by the way, if I didn't make that clear, Washington wins this one. But let's get into the next game, and that's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos, a game no one wants to fucking see unless you're a fan. That is a snooze fest and no one cares. I honestly hope that that ends in a fucking tie where no one scores any points 
and the ratings are so bad that they have to switch the game off. But I'll tell you this. Russell Wilson is on his prove it year. If Sean Payton, which I don't think he's the quarterback whisperer, but for whatever reason he wanted to go to that organization, can't get it done with Russell Wilson this year. That man needs to be benched, and that's a lot of money that was wasted on a pick. Not that I could talk because we traded up for a third round and got Matt Corral, and he was waived from our team. However, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. So I just find it hard to believe that someone fell off that hard. Let's talk about the Raiders. As a matter of fact, I think I have the Raiders winning this game. That's my surprise team. That's my surprise of the week. The Las Vegas Raiders with their new quarterback is going to win with Moxie. That's what they call it, right? (laughs) Oh, and by the way, all the people that listen to Ireland, I know you guys have this thing um, back in the day when... There was the famine, and you guys could only eat potatoes. There was a box tea, and you had to cook that. Yeah. I, I know. I, I listen. I pay attention. You know what I mean? Shout out to you, Ireland. And shout out to the other countries that are listening. But I want you guys to let you know. I'm going to try to incorporate uh, what I know about cultures so I can let you know that you're not listening for no reason, and it's not in vain. Josh Jacobs had a certain situation with the running back issues and his contracts, but he signed. I'm pretty sure after the one year, he's going to be gone and out of there. However, he's sucking it up and he's trying to get it done. He just wants to win. He just wants to win. Max Crosby's over there. They have a solid team. The only issue is management and poor drafting. But, yeah, let's squeak this one by. Las Vegas gets the week one division rival dub. Let's get into it. It's the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be playing against the New England Patriots. This one's going to be tough. Now, obviously, New England is just, they're known for their dynasty with Tom Brady. However, it's a new era there, and they have Mac Jones, which don't have no dog in them at all. So I'm just very curious as to what's going to happen in this game. Now, you would think this would be an easy game, right? Because the Eagles are going to win. But no, no, no. This is a a trap game. They might start the Eagles off 0-1 just because they're retiring Tom Brady's jersey. And I... I'm a firm believer of shit happening in the NFL played out like it's some type of script, if you will. And I think it's funny because they're trying to make a joke out of it. But maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but there should be no reason in hell the Patriots lose at home with Tom Brady in attendance and his jersey being retired when the Eagles beat the Patriots to get their Super Bowl. Now, listen, the Eagles done fucked around and found out. Because they got a nasty-ass defensive line. They got Hurts, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown all back together again doing their thing. They had an amazing season last year, but they didn't get the job done. But something about Hurts lets me know, before it's all said and done, he got to get him one. It may not be with Philly, but he is going to get him one. And I am looking forward to seeing that day because I root for that man. Now, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I might just unalive myself because I live in the area and no one wants to see that shit for the second time. One was enough for me. However, that doesn't stop them from being a good playoff team. We just have to see what it looks like on paper. They got a new offensive coach. They got a new defensive coach. Uh, We're going to see just how good that head coach is over there panhandling to the fans. But again, Patriots win this one. Not by a lot, though, because Mac Jones, I don't know what the fuck. He got Scooby-Doo on him because it definitely ain't no real dog. Let's get 
into it, the Green Bay Packers are starting a new era with Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet going against the Chicago Bears led by Justin Fields and the new arrival of DJ Moore, which they've traded for us to get the number one pick so we could acquire Bryce Young. How nice of you guys. Now, from what I saw in preseason from Justin Fields, he looking shaky, baby. <laughs> what the fuck is going on over there? Green Bay is another dark horse for me, and I think they're going to have a phenomenal year, and there's nothing to worry about, and they're in good hands. Jordan Love seems like he's ready to go. He got an opportunity that you're not seeing anymore in the NFL where you sit behind a quarterback and you get to let them develop and grow under tutelage. You don't get that. They get thrown the fuck to the wolves and they're thrown in the water. But not this guy. He got to sit behind an experienced-ass fucking quarterback. They got a nice-ass run game with Aaron Jones. Listen, listen, listen. This is my fucking team. They're, they're legit. They're, there's, there's no shame in their game. Special teams is good. Their bench is nice. I saw those preseason games. Those motherfuckers were balling with the third stringers. So if they're that good and that competitive, just imagine what energy they're going to bring for the first string. They got some good receivers over there. There's a rookie over there that I'm really looking forward to, and I'm not even going to say what his name is. Somebody draft that motherfucker, but I'm going to let you know right now, Chicago's going to get embarrassed, and they're also going to look like shit again this year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Green Bay, and they're going to win in stylish fashion. And there's going to be some I own the bear signs out there. So good luck, Chicago. I don't mean that at all. So to finish off that first week one on Sunday, the Sunday night game will be another division classic with the New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, again, division rivalries up for anyone. Uh, Dallas seems to have had New York's number for quite some time now, but I don't count New York out. I think that team's going to be great. They got the playoff experience from last year and beating Minnesota because Kirk Cousins decided that he wanted to do a check down with the season on the line. However, we need to see what's going on in Dallas. Now, they lost Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sure they'll find another running back to take his place because Dallas always has a nice offensive line. And that's how you get your meat and potatoes. If motherfuckers are blocked, you're going to eat. Okay, Dak, you're on a prove it year. You got to get it done or you're going to go. They brought Trey Lance over there because they know. You know you have to get it done. You say you're going to try to get it on your interception rate down, but we have yet to see that proven, okay? So that's my only problem that I have with you. Defense looks good. They're sharp. Trayvon Good looks good. They got Micah Parsons over there. The team is good on paper, but what does it mean when you win 14 games in the regular season, you get to the playoffs, and then you try to do the interaction of Puerto Rico for the last play of the game and I have Zeke snap the ball. Please make it make sense. New York looks good. They got Jalen Hyatt over there. They got some speedy guys over there. Daniel Jones signed that fat-ass contract, so he's not fucking going anywhere. They got Thibodeau over there. Look, they're nice. They're nice. You don't, don't sleep on New York. That's a good team. I don't know how far they can make it, but they're definitely The NFC East is just going to be tough, man. With Philly, Dallas, New York, and Washington, every single one of those teams, I feel I could be in the playoffs, which sucks for me. <laughs> but, I, hey, man, competition is competition. I don't know who's going to win this game, but I feel like just because they're in New York, I'm going to give it to the Giants. I'm talking out of my ass. I'm sure I'll pay for it later, but it is what it is. And last but not least, 
the Monday game, which for whatever reason they decided to have on September 11th with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. The jokes write themselves here. Aaron Rodgers coming back. He's playing for New York and suiting up for the first time after having 19 seasons with the Green Bay Packers. Following in Brett Favre's footsteps, which is extremely strange to me, he smoked crack in a cave, and he decided that's how he wanted to play out his life. Hey, they're fast over there, man. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook um, signed along. They got some speedy-ass receivers. They brought Lazard and Cobb over there so they could be vets for the rookies. Sauce Gardner on the defense. Bro. The Jets are a team that could go to the Super Bowl because the only thing that they were missing was a quarterback. But does that happen? No. The AFC is stacked. We got the Chiefs over there. We got the Bengals over there. We got the Ravens over there. It's not going to be a cakewalk. We have the Bills who they're playing over there. Listen. Josh Allen wants to get shit done. I'm sure him and Diggs are tired of looking at red and yellow confetti every year. And this is the year that he has to take that leap. My only concern is with Diggs being frustrated, I feel like on the other side of the ball, it's going to be open season and I would definitely grab that receiver. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, well, hate to break it to you, but I'm going to let you know, I don't understand the running game and how Josh Allen is primarily the person who's getting all the touches when they have running backs. Let them cook. Who's their running back? James Cook. Let James Cook cook. Now, Dalton Kincaid, the new tight end over there, they've been ranting and raving about that guy, and I think he's going to make a difference and shake up the league. However, you got to give it time. He might go down as one of the best tight ends that Buffalo ever had if he stays there. I'm that confident in that pick. Uh, The Jets win this game. Just because the crowd's going to be going nuts for Rodgers, crackhead ass. Uh, not by a lot, though. He might have like a Hail Mary ass touchdown at the end of the game like his fucking Iowa ass usually has. I just want to say I appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening if you made it through. I'm just here to talk my shit. Take it with a grain of salt. Maybe some lime and a shot of tequila. And remember, be good to yourselves and take care of your mental health. I'm out.